Good morning, Oikos. How are you all today? Awesome, awesome. So I uh, had a different intro planned, but uh, as we were worshiping just now, and as I was reflecting on my past week, I'm just absolutely blown away by how good and how awesome our Father is, and how He has blessed me in so many ways. And so, like, just this opportunity to be up here to speak with you guys is, is uh, fantastic. And uh, I want to thank all of y'all for, uh, for just being my family. Um, so thank you guys. All right, so we're going to continue um, our series in Psalms today. And so I picked Psalm 27. And, and so what we'll do is we'll kind of go through that. And, and I think this is filled with some beautiful language that the Lord speaks to us. And, and uh, the psalmist is just fantastic at explaining his heart back to the Father. Um, so, so I want to kind of walk through that, and, uh, and so we'll jump right in. So Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. So uh, as I was reading through this, um, there's kind of like a little thing that stuck out to me a little bit, and it's the difference between being afraid and being fearful. Uh, Aaron talked a little bit last week um, that we're going to give up, and a couple weeks ago, that we're going to give up fear for Lent and complaining for Lent. But I kind of want to dig deeper into what it kind of means to be afraid. Um, so the definition of afraid is kind of being reluctant to do something and like holding back from doing something, uh, hasty, I guess. And then being fearful is being in the midst of a situation and being frightened and scared in that situation. So reluctant could almost be I'm not going to be in that situation because it might, something bad might happen or something scary might happen. Maybe I'll be uncomfortable. So I'm just going to hide back here and I'm just going to shy away from situations, people maybe, circumstances. Um, so that's kind of the difference between being um, afraid and being uh, fearful. So I want to kind of dig deeper uh, into what it means to, to be afraid. And so... Uh, I'm going to share with you something from uh, this past couple of weeks that uh, a situation where I was, I was sort of afraid. So I haven't told my parents this yet, and they're here. <laughs> so uh, I ask for some grace. Uh, so <laughs> I lost my job about three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and so I, they just, my sister knows, but they just, that was the first time they heard that. And don't look at my dad, because he's pretty serious right now. <laughs> so I lost my job about three weeks ago. And I won't get into details why, but uh, more or less, I lost my job. And, and so I spent a week doing nothing and kind of just thinking about that and, and uh, just sulking on that. And so two Thursdays ago, you can't judge me for this, but I went to morning devotions at 10, uh, from 8.15 to about 10. And so from 10 o'clock to like 12 o'clock at night, I sat in my apartment and did absolutely nothing. 
Like, I don't have cable or internet, so there was no Netflix, there was no like, sports center, there was nothing but sitting in my apartment doing nothing. And so I was like, so reluctant to really do anything. And I don't know about you guys, maybe you all crave to have a day of doing nothing, but for me, after doing it, I was like, this is, this is crappy. This is, uh, this is weird. This is a waste of time. This is not good. <laughs> and, uh, and so I spent the entire day doing, doing absolutely nothing. And, uh, and so like reflecting back on that, uh, I tried to like reflect and think of why did I do nothing? Why did I sit in my house, um, not even watching TV or Netflix, just probably playing with uh, cards and stuff? And, and uh, actually, I journeyed onto Pinterest for the first time and did some crafts, and that was kind of interesting, so I, I don't recommend it. <laughs> so so uh, when I was thinking of what I did with my week and thinking of what I did with that particular day, I realized that I was afraid to, to go and encounter people. I was afraid to go and encounter Jesus. I was afraid to go and uh, trust that the Lord's going to do something with me. Uh, I was more, I guess, concerned with telling people that, hey, I lost a job. I was serving tables, and now I'm not. I was more concerned with what people thought of me, and I was holding back. Uh, I was reluctant to... Uh, to just tell people what was going on in my life. And, and so for y'all today, I want y'all to ask yourself the question, where am I holding back and where am I being reluctant in my relationship with Jesus? So where are you holding back um, and being reluctant in your relationship with Jesus? And maybe, maybe you're being afraid of, of uh, taking a step out and showing him your heart. So not being scared, but being reluctant, being afraid to let God into your heart or let Jesus into your heart. Maybe you're afraid that you're hearing his words and he's telling you to go say something to somebody, speak his words to somebody. Maybe you're afraid of doing that. Maybe you're afraid uh, because you don't feel like you're adequate enough. Maybe you're holding back because you want to be perfect and you're not there. Sorry if that's news to you, but you want to be perfect and you're not there. Um, maybe you're, you're just reluctant because your situation with your home is not in the greatest. Maybe your situation with your job is not the greatest. Maybe your situation with your um, finances is not the greatest. And so you, what is one area in your life that you are holding back and reluctant for the, to let the Lord in. Because um, I'll tell you guys, the Lord's not reluctant in his relationship with you. And so I wanna, what I want to do is, is look at a story from Scripture this week uh, of, a, of a Gentile woman who knew that just a little piece of Jesus, just a little piece of Jesus was enough for her. So um, in this story, um, We'll read it here in a little bit, but in the story, she just was not reluctant with Jesus. She was trying to grab a hold to him. So let's go ahead and, and read that. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. 
a Gentile woman who lived there came to him, pleading, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her, go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Listen to this part. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. But she replied, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that have fallen beneath the master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed instantly. So the woman was not reluctant to ask Jesus for a little piece, a little scrap of him. Um, And maybe for some of y'all, y'all are holding on so tightly and you're not letting just a little piece of Jesus touch your heart. Um, For her, I'm sure, I, I, I don't know, I wasn't there, but I'm sure she was desperate and I'm sure she was hungry and thirsty for, for some healing for her daughter, a daughter that, that was tormented by demons. And, and so Jesus was her last resort for healing. Um, and, and she knew that. And she knew of his healing power. She knew of his uh, authority. He, she knew who he was. And, and she needed that little scrap from the master's table. So for you guys, what does that look like in your life today? Just a, what does it look like to take just a little scrap from Jesus' table? All right, moving on um, to verse 4 of Psalm 27. The one thing I ask the Lord, the one thing I seek the most, is to live in the oikos of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfection, and meditate in his temple, for he will conceal me there when the trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. So what does it look like for you guys to live in the oikos or house of the Lord. What does that mean to you guys? Reflect on that question. What does it look like to live in the oikos of the Lord? Um, One thing I think that is so beautiful, and I was overwhelmed with this uh, this week, is I had an opportunity to go to um, two missional communities uh, uh, this last week. And, And in both of those, it was that one at the Rogers on Wednesday, and one at the Phelps on Friday. And in both of those instances, it was just so awesome to see that God was present there, that the Lord was present there, that this wasn't just a gathering place. It wasn't just a party, but there was something about it that was special. And there's something about having the individuals there that was special. And what I think is so awesome about it is 
is as we are family, that we are also family in the house of the Lord, that we're no longer a stranger in God's house. And we are no longer an outsider in God's house. We are welcomed into his family, and we get to share that with one another. Um, and, and what I find very interesting about this scripture, too, is it talks about hiding people in sanctuaries. And hopefully for you guys, worship on Sunday morning is a sanctuary for you, a, a safe place. Hopefully for you guys, missional communities are a safe place for you guys, where you can come and you can experience Jesus and you can experience God through one another. And, and hopefully that's a place, these uh, missional communities and worship are a place that you can find sanctuary and safety. And, and, and these places, the Lord will, will hide you away from, from the dangerous things. In verse uh, 4, it talks about an army surrounding uh, us on a daily basis. It talks about where, when armies come around us, not if, but when armies come around us, that the Lord will conceal us and hide us. Um, so hopefully for you guys... That's what missional communities will be. So what does it look like for you guys then to, to conceal people? Uh, one thing uh, I think that we, we see in the news a lot lately is, has been, um, been what do we do with refugees? What do we do when people need a home? What does America do? What do followers of Jesus do when somebody's asking and kicked out of their home and asking for a new one? Uh, and I think in this... Um, God gives us a, a clear answer on that, um, that he will provide a sanctuary and he will hide us in that sanctuary. And then for us as, as followers of Jesus, we need to be welcoming people in to that, into that sanctuary, that safe place uh, where they can also experience Christ as well. All right, verse 7. Hear me as I pray, O God. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Do not let me, do not leave me now. Do not abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. If you could ask Jesus or the Lord one question out of all of them, what would it be? And not, not the question of like, if, if can the Lord make a hot pocket so hot that even he can't eat? But if you had one question to ask, <laughs> what would it be? Um, does your heart yearn to come talk to the Lord as it says in verse 8? Does your heart want to talk to Jesus? If not, that is, that's awesome. Because in, in verse 8 it also says, um, pleading for the Lord, do not turn your back on me. So if you're not ready... If you're not ready for your heart to yearn to the Father, come talk to me, that he's still going to be there. 
He's not leaving. He's not going to say, oh, well, today you don't want to talk to me, so peace out, Win. I'll see you later. But he's near, and he hears your prayers and intently listens to them. He yearns for a conversation with you. And so I think one way that we do this as a church is uh, through our scripture readings and through our, our morning devotions and through worshiping and gathering together in missional communities and, and worshiping and gathering here on Sunday mornings. But the creator of the universe asks and says, come talk with you. So what do you think he would say about you? Do you think he'd be pleased with you? Do you think he would uh, be happy with you? Do you think he would uh, shy away from you? Do you think he'd be glad to hear from you? Would you be glad to hear from him? One thing I love about children, and I think the, my favorite part about them, especially since I don't have any, is I get to watch how children interact with their parents and with other people. And I think the coolest thing, one of the awesomest thing, if you have a chance to experience this or watch it, um, it's, it's great, is when a child knows that they need their parent and they run to them, uh, whether they're like lost or whether Sylvia ran out of snacks, <laughs> whether uh, they're scared, that they run to the fa- uh, their parents. And... And, uh, and they run because they, they know they need something from them. Um, and, and so as the Lord is calling us to him, calling us near, how will you respond to that? For, for me, for the longest time, I, I felt like the Father was very, very, very distant. That I only obeyed because he wanted me to. And that was the extent of our relationship. It was up until about six months ago that I really started understanding more of who the Father was. And, and it was very difficult because I was hit with that intimacy that, hey, the Lord wants me to come talk to him and wants me to be near and it's calling me near. And so it was, it was scary because I only knew God in the way of if I obey, then he'll love me. But in verse 7, it's, it's not talking about that. It's talking about we are already get our approval and our satisfaction from God, that we don't have to do anything, that he's going to call us near, and he's going to be close. That in those times of our sin and in our time of, of disobedience, doesn't have any bearing on how God sees us because of Jesus, because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Not anything that we've done, not anything that we could, we could do. So, um, so God never abandons us. Uh, maybe some of y'all have some relationships where you feel like you've been abandoned, or maybe you've had relationships that are damaged currently, or maybe your spouse is mad at you, and they don't want to talk to you, or maybe, maybe you've had somebody uh, pass away in your life, and and you feel like they've abandoned you and they've left you behind. Um, 
And so maybe that comes with uh, some sadness, some anger, some resentment, some reluctancy. Maybe that comes with some disappointment. Maybe, maybe you just have broken relationships for years and you don't know how to repair it. And maybe you feel very, very distant. But the Lord can heal all of that. Just one scrap, as, uh, as the, the, the woman uh, asked Jesus, just one piece of bread, one scrap from the table can heal that. And know that, that in those situations, in those relationships, that God is, is ever-present. That God's not going to abandon you and not, God's not going to, to leave you. He loves you very deeply. Uh, who was that? Yeah! Sorry, there's a couple people before I was asking, like, you know, if you feel the Holy Spirit to just, like, mm, in there and just say amen. So, awesome. So, all right, moving on to, to verse 11. And uh, teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path. For my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands. For they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. There's a couple things that stick out in this. And uh, verse 11, if you want to throw that up there and leave it, be perfect. Uh, verse 11, teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. How many of y'all feel like y'all have enemies in your life that just never leave? That, like you turn around the corner and they're always like around? Yeah. Or maybe, maybe your enemies are not people. Maybe your enemies are uh, sin, like a sin you always run to that you can't get away from. Um, maybe, maybe you like and they'll have something that's holding you back and you like, can never get away from it. Like, uh, almost like something that's following you. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. How many of y'all have been accused of things you've never done? Ken raised his hand really fast. <laughs> <laughs> With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. We are not a people called to be reluctant. As, as followers of Jesus, he does not ask us to, to hold back in our relationship with him. I mean, that's not a, that's not a fun life. That's not an abundant life. Uh, that's not a life that the Lord intended for us and designed for us. So for y'all, what is weighing you down the most? What is that enemy that is, is weighing you down the most? Is it a fear of being outcasted and rejected? Is 
a fear that God is far, that you're not good enough. Um, but what's awesome in verse uh, 12 and 13, especially in 13, it says, Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. So God's not calling us to just exist, and then when we die, we get to go to heaven with him. He's not waiting around for that. He's not going to um, just say, all right, those humans, they'll do their own thing, and then once they die, I'll restore our relationship with him. He's not, he's not waiting around for that. He's saying this is the land of the living now, currently. This is a life full of life, a life full of greatness, that it's not dead, that this life that we live is meant to be alive, living. Um, so 3DM talks about, 3DM Ministries talks about signs of life in the kingdom and how we can kind of see where some life is. And so God kind of shows us little pieces of him throughout a daily basis to show us that this is the land of the living. And, and so when we exist in this earth, we have a relationship with God that we don't have to wait till we die for that to, to come. He, desire, he desires to see your face daily and he desires to be with you daily. Um, there are going to be times where he's going to lead you and call you into the unknown. There's going to be times where he's going to ask you to do something, maybe leave your house on a Thursday instead of sitting around all day. <laughs> There's going to be times that he's going to ask you to do something. So maybe for some of y'all, that's showing up today. Awesome. Just, I'm going to leave my house Sunday morning since there's no football, and I'm going to come and, uh, with Oikos. Um, and that's awesome. That's awesome. So for y'all, I want y'all to identify one of those areas. In verse 14, I want to close with this. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So as I was reading through this and kind of digging into that and researching that a little bit and praying and asking the Lord, what, what do you mean by this? Uh, I didn't really like the word patiently. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't really like that. Uh, because I, I think for us in our relationship with God, a lot of the time we almost do something and say, Lord, bless this. Like, here you go, Lord, this is my will. So I want to do this. And then hopefully you're present in it. <laughs> And that's not, it's not waiting patiently. And so I do that all the time. Like, hey, Lord, I'm going to go do this now. Bless it. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm going to wait for you, and I'm going to follow you where you want me to go. Um, and waiting patiently means that you're going to do God's bidding instead of your bidding. Um, and that word patiently just sucks sometimes because we want to see God do something in our hurtful situations. We want to see God act. We want to see God do things. So I think when we are patient, I think when we take a step back and say, Lord, you're bidding and not mine, that, that those are those times that we can really, truly see the Lord. 
because we're ready to take it off our shoulders. We're ready to say, I'm giving this to you, Lord. I'll wait for you. Here it is. And it changes our heart. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So we're going to close with a story uh, of Peter, who uh, you all have all heard the story probably of, of Peter walking on water. And, and in that moment, he gets so excited because Jesus is there walking towards him. And then he comes and gets on a boat and performs a miracle, like walking on water. That's something I only think that like Von Miller could do. But he, he like walks on water. <laughs> and, uh, and so let's, let's go ahead and, and read that. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home, oh, while he sent the people home, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Nightfall fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Do not be afraid. Do not hold back. He said, take courage, for I am here. Then Peter's response, then Peter called him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. So Jesus immediately reached down and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped and disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. So Jesus sends the disciples out on this journey. Um, he's going to go up on the mountainside. So he says, disciples, go, get in the boat, and go on this journey. Um, they didn't, he didn't really say, I'm going to come find you afterwards. He said, just go. So he sends them, and they encounter something that's scary. I don't know about you guys, but I'm never going out in the ocean. As like more than waist deep, I'm never going out in the ocean. And so the winds and the waves came, and they were up all night. Three o'clock in the morning's not early. It's late, uh, except for Halo players. I think that's pretty early. And so, so they encounter something very, very scary. And, and they didn't know really necessarily what to do. But Jesus comes to them in that, that reluctancy and that scaredness. Jesus comes to them and said, don't be afraid. Don't hold back. I'm here. And then Peter's response is what I want us to respond with. He said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. So Peter asks for a miracle. Lord, if it's really you, give me the faith to come walk on water, to perform a miracle. Lord, if it's really you, uh, let me come. And Jesus says, yes, come. You're welcome, Peter. Come to me. I'm not going to reject you. Come. And even though there's wind and waves, that's not going to keep you from a relationship with me. So come. And uh, Peter went over the boat and walked towards Jesus. But the wind was strong. And so when Peter takes his eyes off Jesus 
and starts noticing the, the wind and the waves around, he sinks back to right where he was. He gets afraid, and he was terrified. He took his eyes off Jesus, and, and his, uh, his focus was on the enemies and the stuff around him that he couldn't control, that only Jesus could control, and, and he began to sink. And then he cries out to the Lord, save me. And Jesus responds, why did you doubt me? And then they climb back in the boat, and another miracle happens. All the wind and waves stop. So in our times of being scared and fearful, in our times of being reluctant with the Father, he's going to welcome us into him. And when we mess up, because we will, that the grace is there, he still saves us and pulls us out of the waves. He doesn't let us sink. He doesn't let us get overwhelmed by the waves. But he comes and pulls us out of that and welcomes us back home. So wait patiently on the Lord. Be courageous. Wait patiently on the Lord. So now we're going to hear from uh, another story continuing um, kind of how we do these videos of life transformation. So we're going to hear from Ashley Phelps and, and how the Lord has transformed her. Let us pray first. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for this wonderful family. Thank you for welcoming us all into your sanctuary and your house of hope. Um, let us be able to eat from your scraps today that just, and, and yearn from that little piece that will change our life, that just a scrap of you, Lord, um, is enough to, to heal us and, and enough for our salvation. And, and we pray um, that our enemies and those things that surround us, those questions, those doubts, that you will be there and we will understand that you are there through our lives. We love you very much, God, and, and thank you, Jesus, for your death and resurrection, that we gain access to you, Father, through Jesus. And also we ask in your name. Amen.